Hannah Wilkins is a dietitian based in Mount Wanganui. Hannah specialises in working with patients suffering from diabetes. In this episode of The Life Edit, Hannah gives us some insight on what a healthy diet actually looks like and what principles we should be implementing in our day-to-day. There is so much information out there and maybe diet is a topic in which we will never know the whole truth, but I believe this chat for sure points us in the right direction. Hannah is also my sister, and although my opinion is potentially biased, she knows what's up. So first of all, could you just explain your role as a dietitian and what you've been doing the last sort of couple of years? Yeah, sure. So my area of focus is diabetes and cardiovascular disease, which is pretty significant in New Zealand, considering we're quite an unhealthy bunch at the moment. Um, but so yeah, I work with diabetes self-management groups. So basically educating if you're diagnosed diabetes with, by your general practitioner, you will be referred to me and I will talk to you about uh, changing your diet or your lifestyle in order to hopefully get rid of your diabetes or just, I mean, we kind of talk about it, putting yourself into remission. So, um, you're always going to be at a greater risk of developing diabetes, but you can get your in some situations, your blood's to a situation where you are no longer considered to have type 2 diabetes and you can go off all medication. And um, it's amazing how much influence people have, um, how much how much you can change your lifestyle and it better your health, if that makes sense. Yeah, like in terms of... How much control you have, that's what I mean. Yeah, right. Like when these people come in with diabetes, these small things that they can change that make a massive difference. Oh, absolutely. Cool. Um, and so when you were asked to present to the Orthopaedic um, Association, what were your guidelines around that? What did they sort of want to hear about? So the focus was really just... I mean, everyone's interested in healthy eating. At every party or you know mm. luncheon people find out that I'm a dietitian and they suddenly are really interested in, mm. in what I what I think about nutrition so it was basically just a 10 minute talk about how to live a healthy lifestyle in terms of mm. the most option and how to eat properly because I think that's the thing hey like there are so many different conspiracy theories around food and around healthy eating and around exercise and, you know, how to lose weight, how to gain weight, how to be healthy in general, you know. I think um, that's probably a big thing about what where people are confused. You know, do they go gluten-free or dairy-free or is it bad for you, is meat bad for you? I know mm. there's so many different things coming at you from all directions. Mm. Do you... Is that like a big question that you get asked? And what's your view on that kind of thing? Um, which which aspect of that? Well, like on the healthy healthy eating. What's yeah, yeah, healthy unhealthy. Diet? Exactly, yeah. I think it's quite interesting because I think what you've kind of brought up is you know shall I go dairy free? Shall I go whatever? I think that there are more pressing issues in terms of our dietary intake. Like for example. First of all, you should make sure that you're not smoking. You should make sure that you're drinking alcohol moderately and that you're exercising every day. Like those, are the, those are the important things. And I think this is actually something that I focused on in the talk as well. We get really hung up and people commonly ask me, you know, what, which colour milk should I drink? Should I drink mm. dark blue milk or should I drink green milk? And you, you ask, you know, how much milk are you drinking in a day? And it's, 
no. some milk in my coffee in the morning. And it's kind of like, well, that's fine. It's probably completely insignificant compared to all the other things that are going on for you in your life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you look at the longest lived, healthiest populations in the world, and they, they, they're called the blue zones. Um, they've been researched for 30 odd years and, I, years, and I can't actually exactly remember what the guy's name is, which isn't very helpful, but... Basically, somebody wanted to find out, you know, the longest living populations in the world, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. And this is really interesting because even though the diet is a part of it, they eat a minimally processed diet. Go figure. Mm-hmm. They eat predominantly plants and they drink water. But um, the other aspects of their lifestyle are really interesting. So, for example, they've decreased the burden of chronic disease by about 80% compared to the rest of the world, which is amazing. But they regularly are active, mm-hmm. and it's ingrained in their habits and their daily life. I mean, it's, 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 they're physically active because their lifestyle requires it of them, not that they go for a run. Right, okay. They <clears throat> avoid smoking. They drink al- they end up drinking alcohol to excess, so they don't drink to excess. They've got adequate sleep in both quanti- quantity and quality effective mitigation of stress so they manage they've got stress in their lives but they manage it really well this one I find really interesting about cultivation of meaningful supportive relationships and strong social bonds so your social life is so important and that's quite interesting hey because people I don't think would in terms of being happy people would definitely put down social interaction as being a a big part of that, right? Like relationships. Yeah. But not so much being healthy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is good point. But I think it's, I mean, there's lots of research around older populations and loneliness. Yeah. It's a basic human need. Yeah, absolutely. But it's mm. it's so important. And I think it's, it's in a way uplifting because it makes you, mm. it reminds you that you do need to invest in your social interaction totally and like we sometimes talk about actually I was just talking about it before with a friend about hating a plan like if you make plans with your friends not yeah it's like sometimes you're like oh god the time comes and you actually can't be bothered but in saying that over the weekend that we just had late weekend long weekend so many catch-ups with great friends Mm. and we both said to each other how fantastic our weekend was Mm. you know because we weren't just at home with the cat we were actually out doing things with with our best friends mm, definitely and that made my weekend just yeah I guess I mean it goes without saying and people are probably like yeah I know this this is not new information but quite often you actually sometimes do after a busy week just feel like curling up on the couch and staying at home Completely on your own, but actually, when you do go out, even if it's just for a nice dinner or something, which may be controversial, or even something at home, I don't think friends need to be on mass either. No, I don't think it's, and I think everybody would agree, it's your, you know, it's quality, not quantity, for sure. Because when you have quantity, which is also might be nice if that's something that you can that's what you totally prioritise in your life, but you end up investing so much time into, like, keeping these relationships alive that then something, some other part of your life slips, you know? Definitely, yeah. Where are the blue zones? Um, they are spread all over the world. So there's um, one in Japan, in Okinawa, and Sardinia in Italy, 
Icaria in Greece. Nicoya in Costa Rica and Loma Linda in California. Loma Linda actually, because one thing that is also prominent within these communities is religion and a purpose in your day, which is quite interesting. Oh, I so am on board with that. Mm. Purpose, totally, for me, Mm. anyway, personally. Mm. If I have no purpose, even, even like with my boiling it down to like my day, not necessarily like my life, mm. if I don't have p- purpose in my day, I've, I have a shit day. Yeah, I, I agree. It's nice to feel like you're, you know, even, you know, you've got to be at work at eight o'clock. You're working towards something, like you're achieving something. Mm. And that somebody's waiting for you, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, that someone relies on... That you'll get a phone call at 12 o'clock. Where are you if you don't turn up? (laughs) (laughs) That's quite a nice feeling, though. (laughs) It's not... (laughs) I was like, where are you going? Where are you going with that? But it's, you know, you wouldn't want to... I mean, not necessarily. I mean, that's actually not even remotely true. But, you know, it's just nice to be... That, but that your skill... That people ask, where's Hannah? (laughs) 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 So, what do you think, then are your fundamentals yeah. for a healthy diet. Let's go diet. Cool. Okay, good question. Thank you. Because I'm going to really claim it as me, what I think, because I think everybody is so different. Totally. I honestly do think that everybody is different, and I think that that's probably... I was listening to a really interesting podcast recently with Chris Cresser and Joel Kahn, and they were spoken to Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan Experience, which I would totally recommend everybody to listen to. It's two and a half hours, or maybe even three and a half hours. Hard wow. slog, but so, so, so worthwhile. And they're right into research, but one of the things that they talk about that I completely agree with is we have national guidelines for a whole country, mm. but we are all so different, you know? Totally. We are so different. And we all do live completely different lifestyles. We come from different genetics. I mean... I do think that we are all different, different things work for different people. And I do think that some of the, you know, things that come out and do work for some people. Mm. There's, the know, fads there's new, as such, yeah. Yeah, fads, I guess, yeah. Um, and, but I think there are common themes and those are the ones that I'm going to discuss. So right. the common themes that I see with people that are for a healthy individual. So I think you should eat real food. Whole food and the way that you identify whole food or real food. I'm really, ste- I'm actually stealing this from Michael Poland, but who's a, a journalist. He wrote The Omnivore's Dilemma and he his, basically his job, he, he researched the natural history of four meals in the American food chain. But what he discusses is so applicable to New Zealand diet also. So these are his concepts, which is eat food. Not too much, mostly plants. Okay. So I'll delve into these because I feel like they're a really good Baseline, foundation. super easy. Perfect yep. foundation. Yeah, for, for everybody. Great. So I think that people should eat food that's five ingredients or less in a product. Mm-hmm. That's hard to find, but that's not found in the aisles of a supermarket. No. It is not. I mean, you can wrap up the aisles of a supermarket, leave them for 10 years majority of them would be the same. It's actually horrible, eh? Aisle food. I mean, 
And it's funny because I actually, and I, I, I mentioned this in my talk with the surgeons, I was saying that I had a patient in my diabetes course probably over a year ago now, but he, he was a creative writer, retired creative writer, and I saw him because he got diabetes. And he used to write on the front and the back of, back of packets. So he'd write things like, you know, from, from the golden fields of Raglan come this beautiful organic wheat or whatever, you know, and all these buzzwords. They'll be like, Have you thought of creative cream. writing? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, but whatever. So obviously that's not my realm of expertise. But, um, but you know, mm. it's just purely to pull you in. Like, for example, I use the Vogels one because I use this Vogels cereal in this. Yeah. Thing. Because Vogels is such a trusted brand in New Zealand. Everyone's like, yeah, Vogels healthy. And I actually found it, you know, I found it in a pantry of a flatmate that I was living with who was very healthy and no judgment. It's really hard not to judge when people bring home certain foods. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, um, we have Vogels in our fridge. No, no, I completely agree. Yeah, that yeah. Vogels muesli cereal. Oh, right, yeah. That is that very berry one, mm. 750 grams, mm. 27 teaspoons of sugar. Yeah. And it says on the back of the packet, the perfect balance between taste and nutrition. You know, mm. and you're like, what is going on? That's unfair. It's just a lie. That is so unfair. So for uninformed people, because this is a real piss off, is that you can't, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> how old am I? When you go into a supermarket, you can't like read a packet and trust what it says as nutritional okay, advice. Okay, you can read a packet, but you need to well, know not, what you're looking for. Yeah, right. So you need to, don't read the buzzwords. No. If it says LSA on the front, it doesn't mean it's good for you. Mm. You need to be looking for the ingredients list. What is in the food? Because if there is five or more ingredients, or if there's more than five ingredients, which is virtually impossible to find, aim for ten maybe, I don't know. really depends what you're looking for as well. Mm. Um, but do you know what those ingredients are? Mm. You could probably Google them and they'd pop up. But when they say, you know, cream thickener 4076, you're kind of like, what is that? Yeah. And so, yeah, loads of sugar and in, in the aisles. And what effect does that then have on your body? It's not just an oat, like a in the cereal it's not an oat mm. which is everyone knows what an oat is people exactly. eat oats it's okay exactly. but like the, the emulsifier 7000 mm. sounds like a vacuum cleaner exactly <laughs> so and I, we talk about it in our groups we talk about fuck a papa of kai so if you can fuck a papa back to your kai where has it come from mm. what is it how many processes has it taken to get from ground to plate the less the better. And that goes across the board. So that's food, you know, around the supermarket, around the outside of the supermarket is generally pretty good because that's where your fruit and veg are, meat and dairy, even though some people completely agree, disagree with meat and dairy consumption. And that's, that's sort of more an environmental Which I completely issue. agree with. And I, yeah, yeah, I, said, I, same. I do think that you should eat mostly plants, but I do think that, I do think that, um, Meat can be part of a healthy diet. Absolutely. Um, but yes. Um, Just so, a question so, on on that. Um, does sourdough <laughs> is, is sourdough part of a healthy diet? Any food can be part of a healthy diet. Okay, great. Love sourdough. Mm. Carry on. Um, 
What were we talking about? Eat food. So that's the first concept. The second one is not too much, and I'm. this is what I see all the time, is that we just eat way too much, you know? And the, the question that we need to ask ourselves regularly, am I hungry? Mm, and I remember a while ago you saying to me, because I love to snack. Snacking's a lot of fun. But... It's mindless, right, often? Mindless. Mindless. And you do that really amazing course at your work called Mindful Eating, which is all about, um, because a lot of people who are overweight snack, would you say? Oh, no, not necessarily. But eat mindlessly. Across the board. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody eats mindlessly. Eating in your car is mindless. Eating in Mm. front of the TV, the computer, if you're sitting on your phone, that's mindless eating. Mm. Think about um, when you're at the movies. Yeah. Popcorn. It's gone. Especially if you've got a good old ice cream to dunk in there. <laughs> exactly. But you can be mindful in that process and you can enjoy food mindfully. Yeah. And often when, you know... And I- it's important to enjoy food mindfully, right? Because then you you f- are, are aware of when you're satiated. Absolutely. And that's the thing. How do you expect your body to be tuned in with your mind if you're completely not present you know yeah so i mean there's there are you can actually google 10 mindful eating questions and we use this these questions in the mindful eating course but they're just basic things like are you sitting down are you tasting each bite are you thinking about how nourishing this food is to your body because at the end of the day if we were only mm. eating for nourishment and energy we'd be eating a lot less wouldn't we i really like that because I've sort of used that concept, I think, before being an athlete and having to fuel my body because my body is my machine, which, Mm. you know, works for me. And so I almost, it's kind of a buzzy concept, but think of it as something almost separate to me in a way. Like I look after my body, so my body looks after me and does the job for me on the turf, you know? Like I've got to nourish my body because it works so hard for me. Mm. And I think it's almost like a respect thing that if you respect your body and like the fact that your heart's been beating since you were born, you know, then, which I just find so crazy. I know it's so like such a simplest, like, of course, it's been beating since you were born. But actually, if you stop and think about that, it's pretty bloody amazing, you know? Yeah. And so um, I think that's a big thing of how I look at it sometimes. Mm. Not in all cases. Obviously, I don't eat healthily all the time and not everyone is going to, and that's absolutely fine. Mm. But if you think about that respect factor, I think that goes a long way. Would you agree? Yeah, well, I guess absolutely. I think you have to love the skin that you're in. Mm. If that's what you're trying to say. Well, just loving how hard my body works for me. Oh, absolutely. And if I'm feeding it shit, it's not going to perform. Yeah, I completely agree. I do agree. Good point. Yeah. No, great. Okay. So, not too much. Not too much. Yeah, I mean, our portion sizes have got absolutely ridiculous, haven't they? Mm. And I think... It's really interesting as well because there's, there's like a hunger scale. It's not like you're hungry or you're full, you know? Mm. So it's either that you are, you're, you're hungry and your body sent a message to your body. Not, oh, it's 12 o'clock, therefore it's lunchtime. 
That's yeah. your, your body said, hey, I'm a little bit piggish. And not waiting until you're starving because often then you'll eat till you're overly full. Yeah. So just eating between, let's say one is absolutely starving, dizzy, lightheaded, you can't even function. Ten being so full you cannot walk, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. You want to eat between a four and a six. Four okay. being like a little bit hungry, I could eat now. Mm. Uh, six being uncomfortably full. Because that was another thing about those that those populations I was talking about, the blue zones. Um, they ate until they were 80% full. So, I mean, this is stuff that we've heard before, mm. isn't it? But that's, that is healthy for you. It is a horrible feeling sometimes when you overeat, though. I don't, know if, I don't know if you've had that feeling. Well, obviously I have, but... No, but, you know, and you're like, holy, like, lie down under my pants. I am spent. <laughs> It is actually, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you've got to think to yourself, because if you're eating for any other reason than hunger or continuing to eat for any other reason other than hunger, it's emotional. Mm. And emotional eating doesn't have to be like, oh, no, I've broken up with my boyfriend. I'm going to eat two liters of ice cream. That's not necessarily Mm. how it works. Absolutely. It's actually, this is so good. I'm going to continue to have four pieces of sourdough, which is just (laughs) completely unnecessary, you know? Yeah. And what, I mean, food has never been more available. That's the biggest thing. Food mm. has never been more available. Your next meal, luckily, hopefully for you, because obviously some people it isn't that easy, but, and it, food isn't accessible all the time, but often food is two hours away. Mm. You know, like put, put, put it down mm. and, and reflect. And I'm not trying to scare people away from food. I mean, no. If, if you're, I mean, I'm not even going to go down the path of having an unhealthy relationship with food, which no. many of us, many of us do. But, mm. um, but, but for it, sometimes you just need to check yourself. Mm. How am I eating? Not not just what am I eating? So, real whole food, not mm. just what, but how am I eating as well? Mm. And those points that you discuss, like eating between four and six, and when you're hungry, and all of that. I think that definitely contributes to a healthy relationship with food. I agree. Yeah. So third point. Third point is mostly plants. So the reason I say this is because based on epidemiological studies, which is basically where you take a whole population and you watch them, um, the World Health Organization has actually shown that a high, high red meat consumption or processed meat consumption causes cancer. So colorectal cancer, uh, sorry, it's not causation, it's association. Um, colorectal cancer, pancreatic cancer, um, I think prostate, potentially breast as well. I just think that, um, and I mean, there's people that argue until the cows come home. Wow, Hannah. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> there's people that argue that epidemiological studies, you can't even look at it and you're dealing with people who are smoking and you know they're not controlling for these things, whatever. But I just think that you can't completely eradicate epidemiological studies from science. And I, I have to, at this stage of my career, say that based on the World Health Organization, they put out a statement in 2015, it was around about 800 epidemiological studies. 20 experts from 10 countries. I think that's what it was. And they said that there was a, an association between red meat consumption and, and cancer. And I do think that as a country, we need to eat less meat anyway. 
Mm. I think that if you're having a steak, it should be the size of your palm. Yes. And that's been a recommendation that's been around for forever. Mm. And it's better for our it's better for our, the environment if we eat mm. less meat as well. I do honestly think that people should learn to have meat-free days. That's a big one, hey. Like, a lot of people I know, and you know, e.g. our father, is pretty good Argentinian now. Argentinian barbecue. Much better, master. master. Doesn't associate... Sorry. Doesn't think that a meal without meat is a meal. Yeah, and I think that's something that we need to readdress. Yeah. Because I think... Because, like, oh, it's, well, it's not filling because the meat's the main dish and yeah. the salad's the side, but really... Yeah. There's all sorts of things you can incorporate into your meal to make but it. But let's just remove the meat completely. Let's yeah. let's remove the complete that completely. Let's talk about plants specifically. So if we talk about fruits and vegetables, which have been virtually unargued in science, mm. they've everybody has, has is in agreement. I don't know if unargued is a word. Is that a word? I thought it sounded right. Cool. We'll roll with it. Um, you know, it's been proven to be beneficial against cancer, mm. supports you with weight ma- maintenance, it keeps you fuller for longer, fantastic for fibre, um, packed with nutrients, and it's incredibly low in energy. Mm. So you can eat as many of the green ones in particular, whether it be silver beet, spinach, you know, spinach all of those, cabbage, I mean, goodness me. You could eat as many of as much of that food as you wanted, and you wouldn't put on weight, which is what a lot of us really need around here. Mm. So, I've you know I've I've never had a patient come to me and say, I have been ripping into the silver bait and I've put on ten kgs. You know that's never mm. the reason. It's it's some you know we know what it is. It's the grazing. It's the unnecessary non-hungry eating mm. and selecting things that are just you know cakes biscuits etc whatever mm. or endless cheese platters which is just yes because you were saying that the other day and we're just coming into summer which is cheese platter central love a cheese platter but you can consume in a sitting oh how many meals worth of food heaps oh well easily a meal but it's it's more that that's where mindful eating is at its peak you know yeah and i do th- oh my gosh absolutely indulge in mindless eating sometimes because it's fun isn't yeah it? oh totally but i just think that most of the time you should think about what you're putting in your body if it's well, not an area that you need to focus on then don't worry about it but if it's something that you were you want to change then this is the way to do it become more mindful in eating yeah. situations yeah but it's also like um you know, the purpose of of what you do really is to help people to be healthy and balanced in their life, you mm. know? Which you're not you're not trying to get people to never have a cake or a biscuit ever again. That is absolutely not the goal and this mm. is not the goal of the of this mm. chat either. But it's just to educate people who are lost in their diet, which even I get asked this, you know, and I'm mm. not an expert on it by any means, but I feel like we are sometimes all a little bit lost. Mm. And so it's nice to hear from a scientific background what what we should be focusing on. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing. People get so stressed out, like, what should I be eating? Mm. But I guess the answer to that is stick to the basics. Yeah. 
stop getting, you know, a really interesting study uh, that was done recently. And I wish I had exactly all the details because it's going to sound like I don't really know what I'm talking about. But it was published this year, like at the beginning of this year. And they did a low-carb diet versus a low-fat diet, compared them, but their focus was whole real food. And um, they were allowed to eat as many calories as they wanted. And so no calorie restriction, but just either high-carb or high-carb, low-fat, low-carb, high-fat. Yeah. And they both lost the same amount of weight over a 12-month period. No difference between the two. And, you know, the goal was whole real food. So, so they both really ate whole real food, whole but, real different, food but different from different sources. Different macros. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I just think that's so classic, don't yes, you reckon? totally. Because people get so hung up on Judy next door who's done this ketogenic diet and she's lost so much weight and we need to do it. And so I bought all this mm. butter from the pantry, you know? Mm. And you just suddenly you bought just, the butter from the pantry. No, you bought the butter from the cow yeah. down the road, whatever. Um, and, mm. you know, and, but actually if we focus on whole real food, you don't have to count macros. No. Because we don't even eat nutrients, do we? It's not like you wake up and have a carb for breakfast. No. You have a food, you have a, some bread, which has got some carbs. Yeah. It's got a little bit of protein in there as well if you've got a whole grain toast, you know. Got some yeah. fat in there too. Yeah. You don't eat nutrients, you eat food. So it's, why do we focus on it so much? Good point. Good point. I think as well with um, the diets, which I'm actually all for trying from the from an athletic point of view because um, especially, you know, like – in terms of that um, high-fat, low-carb situation, that's all about, like, endurance athletes. It can be really good because fat burns slower than carbohydrate, and so over a longer period of time, if you eat fat, then your body sort of runs off that and all of that background and blah blah And so that, from that perspective, that's quite interesting, but not from a weight loss perspective because often these diets aren't sustainable, right? Like, people, people eat a certain way... Not, not with everything. Like, if, I'm not saying if you're, like, a vegetarian or a vegan or whatever, that I actually really respect how people are so, um, what's the word? So strict on it, essentially. Well, just self-controlled, I guess. Yeah, yeah, or just that I guess they really value it. Enough, exactly, it? they prioritise it. But, um, but you know, I mean, even with athletes, do you even know that? Do I even know what? That a high-fat diet is going to sustain you for longer. No, but this is what I mean. I've read it. Okay. Somewhere. Exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But I, th- I don't know. It was interesting to kind of give it a go and see. But because I, mean, I know what you mean. I tried it for a short period of time, and it, that, but that was, that was it, right? Yeah. I tried it for a short period of time. Well, that's another thing a bit interestingly about those, that 12-month study where they did low-carb, low high-fat. Um, the, the, actually, by the end of the 12 months, it wasn't even really low-carb. Low Mm. They actually increase their carbs. I think people are so scared of carbohydrates. Yeah, but they're just not an issue. It is not an issue. How good's a Kumra, you know? Oh, fantastic. I mean, it's because How most good's carbs- a potato? I feel like everyone's scared of the potato. Mm. But I think what, what we like should be more mindful about in decreasing is the carbohydrates from, from the bakery. I mean, gosh. Yeah, that's the beige, a problem. The beige foods that... 
that are delicious and sometimes healthy for the soul. You totally. Know? Like sometimes get a pie, enjoy that pie, but don't don't do it every day because it's got minimal nutritional value. Yeah. But I think it's also you've got to you've got to under you know evaluate how important is it to you. What do you want? I know I'm quite I I can be quite bad like this, not in a judgmental way, but I probably think that no in fact I do think that everybody should care everybody should care what they put in their bodies to Mm. an extent you know like you only get one body obviously this is not new information Mm. and you should strive to look after it in the best way possible I'm not saying that the best way of looking after your body is only eating you know never having a treat or whatever that's not at all what I'm saying but it's that you should value your body. You should, yeah, you should love but your I body think, and I you think, should try to look or endeavour to look after your body by feeding it healthy foods. I agree, but I think also you've, um, you've got a very health-focused family yes. that you've come from, whereas, you yes. know, we're not taught about nutrition in schools really, are, are we, at all? I mean, it's literally, here's a scone. Mm. Here's a scone recipe. Make some scones. In food tech. But apart Those from were that, the days. Exactly. Nachos for lunch because you made them in food tech. What do you even make in, in nachos? Mince. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we need to educate people. We need to educate people about nutrition. We need to encourage people to make it a priority because it is mm. making us all very sick at the moment. And I think at the moment, one thing, not, I can't I'm not a doctor, but I feel like often mm. we're prescribing before we're even asking people what they're eating. Yeah. We're prescribing before we're asking, are you sleeping eight hours every night? Sleep. That was another one because remember that podcast that we listened to on... Uh, oh, did I say that in the Blue Zones? Maybe not. No, you didn't. Yeah, you sleep that is a major, a major determinant of health. Oh, well, I think you did say sleep in the Blue Zones, but you didn't talk about... Was that the Joe Rogan podcast on sleep? That's another one, yeah. Which was just incredible. Matthew... That's a must-listen. Oh, that is a must-listen. And I think with, with sleep, sleep kind of ties into it as well, but the, with, with sleep and nutrition, the, the same applies, that it all comes down to planning and preparation. How important is it to you? Yeah. How are you going to make it happen? Yeah. That's with exercise. I think that's exercise to a T. If you don't plan to exercise and exactly what time, make an appointment with yourself. If you don't make your lunch the night before, that's the time where I'll get caught out. If I haven't brought my lunch to work, suddenly mm. I'm eating a toasted cheese sandwich and a brownie, you know? And I'm yeah. like, how did I get here? Totally. <laughs> well, very interesting, Hannah. Thank you for joining me. No trouble. Sis. Any time. Thanks for having me. Fabby. Thank you so much for listening to The Life Edit. I know it's a little bit budget, but please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I would be forever grateful. And if you feel like it, maybe share with a friend. Uh, You can also email me at rosecadell at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. And hopefully see you back on here soon.